am fortunate and I, I honor on having Lindsay on the podcast today on Reclaiming Filipinx Identity. Lindsay, um, in, in your own words, describe who you are and what do you do? Yeah, hi guys. My name is Lindsay. Um, I am going to be a third-year student at the UH Manoa starting fall 2020. I am a second-generation Filipino born and raised here on Oahu. I love to help others and um, especially just being a person who can listen to problems or just be open to whatever people say. In college, um, I wanted to get closer to my Filipino roots because I had little understanding of what it meant to be Filipino. Right on. How has your upbringing made you who you are today? My upbringing. Well, first, I can talk about the language and um, how in our family, it wasn't, my parents didn't enforce the language too much. It was more of, if I wanted to learn, then I could. If I wanted to speak, then I could. But they didn't sit me down and have dialogue or Ilocano lessons growing up. A little background, too, with my um, knowledge of the language. Tagalog, I could understand. I'm not at all fluent. Ilocano, I only started learning this year through UH Manoa courses. And I'm pretty much a clean slate for that. Uh, what else can I say? For upbringing, there's, a, there's an aspect of appearance, too. And sometimes I would... I wouldn't be too proud of being Filipino because with your appearance, the media says you need to be a little light-skinned, you need Mm -hmm. to be thin. And I wondered if, you know, is it a Filipino essential to get papaya soap? Things like that. I question a lot about my beauty and self-esteem. And it also hurt my family, I guess, because Mm -hmm. I know that my dad is on a darker shade and he's a very hardworking man. But when a lot of people think that because he's dark, then that means he just works out in the sun and that we're quote unquote poor. Yeah. It hurts. <laughs> and with that, can you elaborate on if ever for you, just for you personally, like have you, have struggled with your um, cultural identity? Struggled with cultural identity? Yes. Sometimes I wouldn't want to have pride in being Filipino. Sometimes I would rather embrace speaking English or mm-hmm. looking a certain way because maybe in elementary I would be named, oh, you're, you're, you're acting like a fob. And, mm-hmm. For some reason, kids don't want to be, kids use that name like, like in a degrading way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Going to high school, uh, have you ever um, made friends with the same ethnic, uh, ethnic race as you or you stick with those um, different, if that question makes sense? 
If I stuck with um, Filipino friends, is that what you're asking? Yeah. Yes. Mm, I grew up in, um, sorry. I attended high school in a place that has a lot of diversity. So yes, for the most part, I stuck with Filipino friends, but I I was able to <laughs> make friends outside of my ethnic group too. Mm-hmm. In the high school, um, it allowed me to, I don't know how you say this, it allowed me to be open-minded about what people can offer and not to have prejudice on, oh, if this person is X race then this person has X amount of things that they could do bad, like do bad things onto you. So I really like my high school and I really enjoyed the friends that I had there. Mm-hmm. Going back to the person who struggles, how do you think appearance-wise had an effect on you? Because I know you mentioned about um, your dad in color um, and how it affected, kind of it affected you, like how you explained it. But personally for you, um, just growing up. So personally growing up, um, as a parent's any struggle with cultural identity, is that what you're asking? Yes. Okay. So yeah, the... The portrayal of the media that I need to be lighter, thinner. Um, part of me felt like I can't meet those standards. I Hawaii <laughs> were kind of darker skin than um, most Asians, and I just said it's hard for me to be thin. It's hard for me to stay light. So why bother? And. We also had trips going to the Philippines too. And that's where a lot of self-esteem issues also sprouted because when you're sitting next to your cousins, when you're already, when you're already speaking in broken Tagalog, broken Ilocano, and you don't look thin and you don't have a whiter complexion in comparison to them, I guess I could isolate myself um and those parties maybe i wouldn't want to talk to them for the whole duration of the trip because i didn't feel like i fit into people that are already in the philippines <laughs> i don't know if that answered your question but that's my experience <laughs> and now um do you think you have overcome that struggle Looking back at it now, did I overcome the struggle? Um, I I would say so. I think that there's more to the culture than what um, someone looks like, mm-hmm. because um, you know, beauty is in the eye of the holder. Yeah, beauty is in the eye. <laughs> beauty is just on what um, people perceive, but with the culture, there's also you know, there's more to than um, just what you see. Mm-hmm. If you can be religious too, if you can eat the food, if you can um, 
participate in festivities with them. It's not just on how pretty you look to, you know, a Filipino boy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> how do you see yourself with your own cultural identity? Today? Is that what you're asking? Um, okay. It can be before and after questions. So, I'll be before and after. Um, so today, I am accepting it a lot more. <laughs> um, yeah, so more than ever before, I'm accepting it. And I'm showing a lot more pride on my sleeves and learning things that I refuse to take in as a kid. And I think, as mentioned before, I take classes now at the university level learning about learning about um, Filipino history, learning about the culture that I never had a formal education in. And it's, it's interesting and it makes you think, wow, you know what, we're unique. We're, we're pretty cool people. And I have a younger brother too, that just like me, he's not, he, he's not fluent in any language. He can understand it, but he doesn't know how to speak it and maybe just feels left out in family vacations. But because he's my sibling, I'm able to, to preach on what I've learned at school and say, oh my gosh, this and this happened to Filipinos. Oh my gosh, there's this <laughs> tradition that mom and dad never took us to, but it's cool to learn. So I like to, I guess, um, I guess bring home Mm-hmm. what I learned to my younger brother who's a clean slate. <laughs> and learning from Manoa, from Ilocano and IP classes, what was the one that really got to your attention? Oh, let me think about that. Well... Um, I took IP 360, so that's rituals, traditions, um, Filipino music and culture. That's a that's one class, mm-hmm. and um, there were a bunch of traditions that we don't practice. And I found out a trend that it's really religion based, mm-hmm. and we we used to. We used to have stronger, um, I guess, stronger faith in Catholicism, but never, we never seen too much Filipino influences while we're going to church here. So that's one thing that stood out to me. The food too. We do try a lot of Filipino food. However, (laughs) I guess... Sometimes parents would get lazy, not cook Filipino food all the time. And my brother would prefer the more American versions of food. Like he would rather eat Jollibee than go to my next door neighbor's house and eat that type of Filipino food. So I see a lot of differences and just learning about it. It's, it's interesting. 
Is there anything that you still want to learn about your own culture itself? Mm, I want to learn. <laughs> I would like to learn more about about. Sorry, I have to think about that one. Yes. I would like to learn more about how how people. How people grow up after they move, and how much, um, how much they either embrace their own culture or how much they embrace, uh, you know, the second culture that they try to adopt, and see where, where the, where their roots get lost or. I need. <laughs> I would like to learn more too about um, how I can integrate. What I know about Filipino culture and integrate um, you know, psychology and education. Since after all, my major is um, educational psychology. I want to know how I can improve the system specifically for immigrants who just doesn't transition that well, or they're really new and they want to know how to balance American and Filipino culture. Mentioning that you are um, aspiring to be an educational psych, psych, um, psych as time goes by, um, I think now it's really crucial to um, continue understanding the importance of the education between those two. Mm-hmm. So for you, Lindsay, I know you mentioned it um with your younger brother, um, especially how you want to be a role model, but trying to elaborate more, what does it mean for you to reclaim our Philippine identity? Yeah, so, um, not everybody would have a younger brother too, but mm-hmm. they should be a role model for whoever is younger than them. Mm-hmm. I think that a lot of people should approach their culture with a lot of curiosity. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm I'm a part of a church group, and what somebody told me in regards to religion: if you want to grow in the religion, you have to be like a sponge and understand that there's so much more to absorb than than um, you know what you came in with. So in church, if you already got your communion, you don't stop there. There's more to communion. There's retreats and, um, you know, youth nights that you can participate in. For our culture, you don't just stop at eating adobo. You have to keep on learning more. Take classes if you can. And um, maybe watch watch the news and see what what's happening in the Philippines, even if you're not there. That's a really great point that you bring up there. And I like the sponge analogy. Thanks. <laughs> if you don't mind me asking, what church group? What church group I belong to? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, my church is located in Waipahu, St. Joseph. It's the Agape Ministry. And I used to be very active in it, but I need to find the time and <laughs> go back to that more often. As I mentioned, we did do um, parish retreats 
um, young adult retreats, and those are really eye-opening. Yeah, so I kind of tied you know, the religious aspect to Filipino and see that you have to be a sponge, basically. Mm-hmm. For you, um, as a sec- as a second year going to your third year as an undergrad, where do you see yourself in ten years from now? Ten years from now, I'm not too sure yet, but I do have interest in immigrant groups and and education and seeing that they do have a balance, like I mentioned, between the new and old cultures. Stepping away from the whole site. Um, psychology and school but I know that I do want a family (laughs) and I will do my best to teach them about cultures languages I'm not fluent in Tagalog or Ilocano but I'll expose them to family members that can speak Mm -hmm. and I'm not expecting them to be fluent but I'm expecting them to hold some sort of some sort of pride in their culture And I guess now going back to you learning Ilocano, and I know that you mentioned um, off camera, off video, off recording, that you're going to take Tagalog classes this coming semester. Um, going back to Ilocano first, what about Ilocano that motivated you to take the classes? I only understood Tagalog. I didn't speak fluently, but um, I think I mentioned earlier too that I'm a pretty clean, I was a pretty clean slate for Ilocano. Mm -hmm. And because part of me, I felt that um, part of me was missing because I I would attend parties where my dad can go back and forth with his siblings. And I said, I know my dad is Filipino, but why can't I understand this this dialect mm-hmm. so if i could understand tagalog i said maybe there's things that i could pick up in his language in ilocano that might be might make it easy to me because there's already some sort of understanding in tagalog i learned learned that i learned that tagalog and ilocano they're they're not as easy as I thought. They're really two different languages. There are similarities, such as the, you know, ko, mo, ta, na, the ending of the words where you can show ownership. However, there's a bunch of other words that are pretty new to me until this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hope I answered your question that it's basically... Um, my dad and I I felt like I needed more understanding of the languages mm-hmm. pretty much and um, I guess just to like have like a like basic understanding of how you are with your family do you are you more closer to your dad than your mom mm, it's the other way it's it's where I'm closer to my mom than my dad but with Ilocano, I'm able to start being closer to my dad now. Mm. I can ask him homework help. I mean, I've asked him homework help. I've asked him to read a bunch of my journals that my teacher tells us to write. And although I submit it late, 
Her mm-hmm. dad sits him down and says, you know, this is pretty easy to me. I want you to come and come to me with questions. That's nice. Honestly, um, I always thought that because, you know, um, learning Ilocano in, uh, in college for, compared to um, learning it from your parents, I thought it would be more harder because there's some there's some text there's some like papers that's like very different from how our parents understand or learn right right for you do you think that it was language that brought you more closer with your dad yes he was happy to see that um i'm taking my own initiatives that word i'm doing i'm taking initiative on um learning more about his side of the family and you know just speaking in general parents would be happy if um if you show them that you're interested in learning and that you know, that you need them in order to grow and i think that's one thing that made my dad really happy to see me see me try so for you, if you could give an advice to the next generation, what would you tell them? Okay. If you struggle, I suggest them to find a role model who has done good things and representing their culture well. And if they can't find a role model, then they, they can look to their parents and see what they've done. <laughs> to go back to their roots and to represent Filipinos. Another thing that I suggest, um, I spoke to another lady for an interview for one of my classes. I want to share this out too. She says to be kind to yourself and there will be times where you don't feel like you fit. You don't feel like being too Filipino or too American. However, it takes baby steps and it takes time for someone to um, find themselves. Mm-hmm. And from my experience, confidence does not grow overnight. And it just it's just whatever effort that you put in and those small mm-hmm. steps that matters. I like, I like that actually. Um... Because I feel like um, for any for any immigrants that came here, I think that's one thing that would kind of help them. Mm-hmm. So going back, if you can go back to your 12-year-old self, what would you tell them? My 12-year-old self? Hmm. <laughs> I would tell myself that proud and don't worry about what other people think about you i i said something earlier too about being a fob mm-hmm. but it's not it's not bad to show yourself because what if everybody is just the one culture and mm-hmm. if everybody dresses the same talks the same eats the same food over time it's going to get boring so if you show what what you have and what you know Filipinos can bring to the table, I think not only will it 
make my life better, <laughs> my life more more colorful, but it'll make somebody else's life less boring and see that oh there's there's other people and maybe that person can approach me with curiosity and say what are you eating let me try something and maybe they'll fall in love with the filipino culture i should be open when i'm 12 <laughs> um the idea that you brought up is um if everyone could just be able to have the plural to be pluralistic instead of just assimilating Mm-hmm. That's all the questions that is on the doc. The other two extra question is a little fun way okay. to wrap things up. So, best of the two, what is your favorite Filipino dish, and what is your favorite Filipino word? Filipino dish. Ooh, is from yes. <laughs> Um, I want to be, <laughs> let me be basic. Um, when I go to Max or when I, when I eat breakfast in the morning, I like tapsilog, tosilog, very filling. And you don't, you can't go wrong with that. You can't go wrong with any egg and rice and meats. <laughs> and what was your second question again? What is your favorite Filipino word? Or it doesn't have to be a word. It can be a phrase. Ah, mm. <laughs> oh, this will sound funny, but um, when when my mom gets really mad at me and they go bahala ka sa buhay mo, telling your parents, so you don't have a definite answer if you can go to a party or if you can't, mm-hmm. but you just decide and cross your fingers that they won't get mad at you again. <laughs> <laughs> that's my favorite phrase it's it has a nice it has a nice um ring to it and it can roll off your tongue easily yeah wow. I love that <laughs> yeah. yeah do you have any other questions no I do not that is actually all the questions that I have um if I have more I really wanted to I guess as listening to you and as you were sharing your story I actually mm-hmm. wanted to get into your head because also because we're both psych majors and then I'm just like thinking about your answers. I realized something. Um, what do you want to do with your major as a psychologist, uh, as an educational psychologist aspiring to be? What do you want to be involved with the Filipino community? For me, I think I think I do best with um, one-on-one conversations as opposed to me being a leader and talking to hundreds of kids or people. So when it comes to careers, I know that I want to be I want to touch bases with students on a personal level. And see what what changes I can do with them, so that we both can enhance their, um, I guess, academic achievements. And 
Um, I'm a very, I'm a, I'm big on families. Mm-hmm. So another thing that I want to do with my my degree, my interest, yeah, I would want to involve their family and make sure that it's not just the student and the teacher being responsible for their performance but make sure that the families can really put their foot in the door i think there's a perception too with um with immigrant families that that it's only it's that a role of a student is only in the school however i think you need to take that home and parents can still understand like a math problem Oh, wait, let me take it back. The parents can still be involved with your math problems. They don't need to understand, um, you know, all algebra functions, but they can lead you to um, finishing your homework by saying, did you do your homework? Are you doing good in school? They can open up conversations about, about what's happening in the class. They don't need to be, they don't need to sit in with the student in a lecture hall, but they can lead them to understanding, if that makes sense. It makes sense. Uh, personally, have you um, have you experienced that in your household? Did I experience that? Mm-hmm. In your household? Yes. Yeah, so um, my parents are far from are far from college or high school math. Mm-hmm. But they were able to keep me accountable of my own things. They asked, or they were able to check in with how I performed in school by sitting me at the dinner table and asking me, "Oh, how was how was your classes today?" They do know what type of classes I'm taking. For example, they knew my schedule for last semester, mm-hmm. and sometimes they would just open up a conversation. And make sure that if I need help, they will do their best to help me. All the questions that I have. If if you don't mind me asking too, what do you plan on using um, your psychology degree in regards to Filipinos? For me, what I want to do, um, recently I just push back my graduation to December so that I could major into Ilocano. And I really wanted to um, become a mental health advocate for the Filipino community. And with that, I wanted to double major into Ilocano so that I can go into master's for social work Mm -hmm. and then at the same time teach and also go to school because I really felt like there's need to be more representation of like our Filipino, the Filipino people when it comes to mental health, because it's just, there's not a lot. And because cultural is ever so changing and there's not a lot of uh, us in that field, I really want to continue that and not make it um, um, all about just Filipinos being in the nursing, but kind of break that 
myth and stigma. <laughs> right. I think you're doing like you're doing well in this podcast too to really be a voice, be a using the platforms to show other people, not just locally, but you you mentioned in which states? Oh states. Also in California. California. How they're able to Yeah, how they're able to look at this podcast, listen to this podcast. I think you're doing great. <laughs> thank you. And thank you for like being able to be here and like having you interviewed and just hearing your voice and just hearing how did you grow up in Hawaii, being Filipino and because there's so much stereotypes and stigmas that comes around our cultural identity but in time it's getting better i see it getting better and there's so much about you that i did not know until this podcast and until reading your answers yeah there's actually you can oh sorry sorry go ahead there's actually a research paper um about what you wanted to do i found it while listening to your podcast so i can send mm-hmm. that research paper to you it's about becoming oh, filipino awesome. in hawaii rejection reframing and acceptance of stigmatized identity so basically those um immigrant and local filipinos awesome i will actually take a look at it when you do send it <laughs> but as always i'm thankful that you came on and if if you have any, any last words to say before we end the recording, you may do so. If you have anyone to shout to, you want to shout out your personal handles or you have anything you wanted to say, you may do so <laughs> right now. Um, sure. Follow me on Instagram. It's like L-Y-L-Y-N-D-S-I-E. I want to shout out anybody who else is listening. I want to say be proud. Be happy, be Filipino. And that's about it. <laughs> Thank you so much, Tarchi, for allowing me to speak on your podcast. And I wish the best for your podcast for it to grow, to thrive, and you know, reach and impact many, many more people. Thank you. And actually, since you did take Ilocano, can you end while saying something saying a sentence in Ilocano? Because let's not forget where we came from. <laughs> um, Putting uh, on the spot. Agiyamanak. Agiyamanak. No, not salamat. Salamat is Tagalog. Oh, mm-hmm. no. Yeah. Yeah, it's just Agiyamanak. <laughs> I hope Manang Claire, my teacher, does not hear this. I, I promise I didn't forget Ilocano. <laughs> I know some. It's just... I forgot. <laughs> On the spot. Yeah. It's harder <laughs> when it's harder when um someone asks you, Can you speak Ilocano? And then you just froze compared to like normally if you just talk without anyone like priming you to do anything.